Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, We'll be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Seven of Nine herself, actress Jerry Ryan. I always felt that in the future world, women would have positions of responsibility. And so the number two in command on Star Trek at that time was a female. So we would like to welcome back Bob Picardo. Thank you, Rachel. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, he's been such a great guest all week. So the thing that strikes me about this quote that's so interesting is, at first, I kind of laughed. And this is the danger of looking at the past through current mm. eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in this moment in society where that's what we're doing all around. But the danger is, because I went, number two. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, that was huge. That is That was huge. unheard of. It's maybe. it's only just happening today with our vice mm-hmm. president as number 2. But yeah. yet, as a woman, I'm a little like, wow, that's it, but number 2? I want to be number 1, but I also get there's no way would have gotten a show on the air with a female captain in 1966. Right. Mm-hmm. We had to wait till 1995. But also, yes. yep. Star Trek did it in 1990, long before there was a female Doctor Who, I might add. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a female <laughs> Starfleet captain. Talk about an older franchise who should have had the vision to have a female Doctor Who years, mm-hmm. years before. Um, Star Trek can claim, at least with Captain Janeway, the wonderful mm-hmm. Kate Mulgrew on our show, that we, you know, that at least we finally had a woman in command uh, some 25 years before we had a female vice president, a female number two. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, this is, a, this is a sidebar, but I just watched Tenant, and that is the longest Doctor Who origin story I've ever seen. <laughs> That's my take on Tenant. Um, anyway, yes, it's a huge thing that in 2021, we finally have a female vice president. We're, uh, mm-hmm. we're still waiting. How long do you guys think it'll take? Before we actually get a female number one. I hope not long. I mean, I would love Kamala Harris to be our first number one. So that's what I'm hoping for. Bob, I want to ask you this because I know back in the day, and I think you were a teeny tiny kid. I'm not sure if you were politically aware yet. But, you know, what people don't understand is people used to say things like, we can't have a Catholic president. He'll tell Mm -hmm. the Pope all the secrets. We can't have a female. She'll bleed everywhere so what that's what that's that's the gist Uh, 
So you've seen a change in this over the years. Bob, has your own identity with, like, with women in terms of power shifted or shaped over well, the I, years? I have a... I, you love I women, pride though, I myself. <laughs> I pride myself on my career that all, the, the main roles I've done on television have always been in series that featured uh, female characters the most. Before, mm. before Star Trek, I was on a Vietnam drama called China Beach, and Dana yes. Delaney was the, mm-hmm. was the point of view character. And I, you know, I had the Alan Alda in MASH character, but I was moved over to the side because, this, the, because the nurse serving in Vietnam was the, was the main character. I love, uh, I, I'm really proud of the fact that I've been on shows mm-hmm. that were pretty forward-looking as far as, as having principal characters that were women, especially in these two environments, right? In, the, in During the Vietnam War, or then if you flash forward 300 years in time, you know, commanding a starship, they were in, if you had to say, traditionally male-dominated arenas, right? Certainly, you know, you think of... Uh, wartime in the 60s, you forget how important the women who served in Vietnam, primarily as nurses, but also, you know, there to entertain the troops or whatever, how incredibly important they were, not just saving lives, but also raising spirits and keeping people anxious about getting back to their real lives back in the States once this terrible war was over. So long story short, I I loved playing a, a secondary character to a strong female lead. And I'm proud that those shows uh, have their place in entertainment history that they do. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember, as you said, that we have to look at Gene's quote for how this was not even the premiere of Star Trek as we know it. This was the he was referring to the cage, which was the original Star Trek pilot, which didn't get, mm-hmm. you know, which got made. And then they shot another pilot because in, in that one with Jeffrey Hunter playing the captain, uh, Majel, Majel Roddenberry to mm-hmm. become Majel Roddenberry played um, the second in command on the ship, number one. Mm -hmm. So my point is, and I'm just echoing what Rachel said, we have to listen to this quote with 1965 years, not not, uh, 2021 years. I have always been such a big Star Trek fan, and I, I grew up with really loving the next generation. And for me, I don't know what this says about me, uh, but, you know, I would always love to look for the Latin characters or even the gay characters. And it took some time, but I finally got, you know, both of those in the Star Trek franchises. But I was always very, very, very pleased with the way that women were portrayed, especially in positions of power on Star Trek. We had Tasha Yar, who was the head of security. We had Beverly Crusher, who was the chief medical officer. Obviously, we had Captain Catherine Janeway. Uh, Philippa Giorgio, who is the emperor of the mirror universe, uh, and and number one. And even though number one in the original series was not given her due back then, we now get to look forward to the new series, Strange New Worlds, which is set on uh, on the Star Trek, the USS Enterprise, pre-Kirk, with Captain Pike as the, as the captain, and number one as his uh, second in command. And so... Star Trek for me has always celebrated, you know, women in power. And that has always been very inspirational to me as a as a I don't know, a young gay Latino male fan. I do think like, you know, this one's tricky. I don't know why, because as a woman, right, uh, Mm. watching the show as a girl, I thought we'd be further ahead by now, to be 100 percent honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I still feel a bit constrained 
by my sex, by my color, by all these things that are nothing. Like when I, I've said this before, but when I wake up in the morning, right, I am a sentient being. That's all I am when I wake up. Sentient, I'm thinking, I'm coffee, I'm thinking. I don't know what gender or what color or what ethnicity group I Mm -hmm. am. I'm just Mm -hmm. a sentient brain thinking. And so I'm so happy that we are getting closer to issuing with uh, judging people on color and things like that. But I still kind of feel like the yoke of it all, to be 100% Mm -hmm. honest, you know, whether it is people critiquing, you know, and telling me in my acting career that my hair looked messy or too messy to play a a captain on a ship or Mm -hmm. any of these things, you know. So I think I'm still waiting. But I love this quote because I love that a white man especially was aware Mm -hmm that this was important, mm-hmm. right? And not just, he's yep. saying number two, because that's what you could do to get a woman on air, couldn't be number one. But I'm underneath all that. We know what a staunch, I think, I don't know if he call himself a feminist, but very much for women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that. But I guess with this, there's a little bittersweet in this for me, right? Because it's still a future world. He says yeah. himself, I always felt that in the future world. So I feel like, the same way. It's a future world. It's not quite yet, even though we have Kamala, even though we have yep. this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. just my opinion, though. The quote was read uh, by Jerry Ryan, uh, my my other castmate, uh, um, with such a twinkle in her eye, though. I thought she sort mm-hmm. of captured everything you just said with very a, little, much so. a little gleam mm-hmm. in her eye. Yeah, very, very much so. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm so grateful to have had these. It's probably why... I was a kid. I was babysat by the original Star Trek. It was already in reruns, but I was sat in front of the TV. So at least I got to see these strong women on the bridge and not just women of color, but all women. So I am, as a Gen X, one of the first generations that went, oh, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think my boomer uh, stepmom was like, this is the way it is. And this is this, you know, and mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just that. And you are ha- hampered by the fact that you're a woman and, you know, all that goes with that. So I love the way that Jerry read it optimistically. Mm-hmm. Trent, what do you kind of, I mean, I would equate in a sense when he says second uh, in command at the time is female. In a sense, female is the underling, the other. So it's anything different. Right. You would agree because I'd like to think we're going to have a gay captain. Yeah. Or do we? And we had to wait a long time to get an, you know, we had to wait far longer than any of us expected. I, I thought there would be a lot of us thought there would be a gay character on Voyager. Mm -hmm. So we waited Mm -hmm. a very long time to get an openly gay character in Star Trek. And it's great that we did. But I was surprised it took as long as it did. Do you guys yeah. think it's religion or, um, uh, you know, what is it that, that keeps us from that? Is it is it our, we're not a religious country and yet we are, that keeps us from putting a gay character front and center? Or is it just other, as some of these quotes we've discussed have said, it's something other, yeah. Trent? I mean, I definitely do think it's other. Um, this is why it's so important that I feel like representation matters, because seeing these characters and seeing them do what everybody else does. It's, it's not, you know, the gay character show. It's a show with a gay character who, 
who fights and who cries and who loves and who makes mistakes and who saves the day just like everybody else does. And I think the more that we get used to seeing that in in just everyday media, I think people get more comfortable with this idea of this other that is so different. You know, Rachel, you mentioned religion, like some religions are so anti-gay, period. And that just bristles with with uh, because uh, someone misread the Bible. But, mm-hmm. but all right. So I want to say, you know, I agree with this quote on the level, too, of, you know, something you guys said reminded me of this. Like, Robert, you do the conventions for Star Trek. And I've had to really fight. I did a few movies in the 90s where I was like the one speck of color, you know, surrounded by a bunch of white people because I have the patois that says you can take me home to your parents. Anyway, um, and when we do conventions on those, I wasn't being included. And so I put up a big fuss online Mm -hmm. saying, I think it's interesting you're not inviting the black chick to Mm -hmm. these things, right? And I'm I'm equating it to this quote in the terms of female can be a placeholder for gay, black, anything, it's other. And Mm -hmm. I felt like it was important that I did that because I wanted the fans who come the black fans who come to say, oh, she's important enough. Because when I was Mm -hmm. a kid growing up, I would see a movie and it would be like um, Robert De Niro, so-and-so, and and the black guy. Black guy didn't have a name. He was the black Mm -hmm. guy. You know, We didn't make celebrities necessarily out of black people like that. And I thought, I see them doing that with these old movies I've been in where I'm the black girl. And they'll have a picture of the four of us up and they'll skip over me and mention the eighth cast member who's not in the picture. But not, and I don't expect anyone to know my name, but I do expect a reporter to do their research, right? And yeah, name absolutely. the person in the picture. So for me, when I look at this, it's like I feel white women are going to get their chance in, in office and things like that. I feel people like me are going to keep speaking up so that eventually the person in command can be a gay man, a black woman, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we are right there front and center. But I, I, it was interesting watching myself be slightly erased and then going, this is the same way when I was a kid and I'd look in a textbook and it would say a statue of a woman and it would say dancing woman, not the goddess that that statue was yeah. a few hundred years ago. So mm-hmm. it's kind of how women were sort of erased and depowered mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Over, over the years and over through history. Because again, dancing girl reduces it to stripper. As opposed to Mm -hmm. the position of power that goddess or that, uh, you know, deity might have had. That's my two cents on women's stuff today. Any um, thoughts before we... I I really feel like it's it's important to also mention that uh, Star Trek, just like every other thing, we're all getting better. Or in my opinion, it's getting a lot, lot better. Um, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this year alone uh, in season four of Star Trek Discovery, for the very first time, it featured an uh, all woman bridge crew or in the in the in the uh, main bridge positions. The captain, the helm and the ops for the first time in Star Trek history were all uh, female characters. That's amazing. Did it get attention, Robert? Like when you if you saw a crew of um, just women on the on the on the Bridge, do you think, oh, that's weird, or do you think that's great? No, I think, uh, as I said, uh, um, I think it's a good thing. We had, uh, because of my perspective of having been on shows that celebrated powerful women from, you know, really from uh, the late 90s with China Beach, I, I think it's 
long past due. So I'm happy to do. I'd like to be on a bridge with Jerry Ryan and with you, Rachel. How about that? <laughs> I would. I right? would be on that bridge. Also, March Helgen, Helgen Helgenberger. Yeah, also Helgenberger yeah. was on that show. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where she. That's mm-hmm. the first time I saw her on TV. I think. And Chloe Webb. We had some amazing actresses. On oh, Chloe! I loved Chloe Webb. So fabulous. Um, what a fun cast too, and an important show. Mm-hmm. Actually, just so you know, because I wasn't of the age where I knew really what that show was about. So that's kind of how I learned. You know, I didn't yeah. know China Beach yeah. before that, per se. And I, I, that was, I look at that as before Patrick Stewart and after Patrick Stewart, because Patrick, <laughs> uh, before Patrick Stewart, um, I had to wear a hairpiece on China Beach because if you wanted to kiss a beautiful woman, you had to have hair. But then Patrick Stewart oh. came along, suddenly it didn't matter anymore. So. <laughs> So yes, I wore I wore a toupee on a television show with a helicopter. I don't recommend that. That sounds hot, actually. Like, it sounds it, like it, it must have been it a little sounds, hot. It sounds hot, and it sounds like at any second, two and a half thousand dollars could be sucked up in the in the tail rotor. Oh it's just exactly true. All right, listen, we you guys, I uh, feel really privileged to have met you, uh, Bob. Picardo, uh, you're so accomplished and you've been in so many great shows and movies and things. And it's a testament to an artistic life. Thank you. You know, that's very, it really, no, it's the truth. It really is. So we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to come and talk to us. It's a pleasure, Rachel. Thank you. As, as we say in Philadelphia, Rachel, it was, it was a pleasure. You know what I mean? It was, oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great. pleasure for us. No, I, re- I had a really good too. time. Hey, yeah, listen, yeah. anytime. You and Trent, back. you're two very, very good-looking people. I enjoyed seeing you, even <laughs> though your audience can't see. I don't know what the hell they're listening to you when they can look at you. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Long Island girl, as you can hear. <laughs> but no, you were, you were a blast. And Trent and I are ever so appreciative that you again took. The yes, time thank out. you so much. It was such a pleasure having you this thank week. Thank you. Listen, I just want to put a shout out to Gene Roddenberry. The Centennial. This is important that you guys are doing this, and and I applaud. You know his his son Rod for everything he's doing to mm-hmm. carry on the legacy mm-hmm. of of Gene Roddenberry and you know yeah. and all of the the core principles of Star Trek. And thank you so much for being a part of this with us. And if you would like to check out the video of Jerry reading today's quote, you could check it out on the Roddenberry official Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? 
Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 